What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brothers Podcast. Give it up for yourselves. Because in a world full of hate, who's going to do it for you? I'm your host, Dante Chase Bridges, a.k.a. Dante Chase Bridges. Never needed the a.k.a. Along with my co-host, Steven City P. Watson, as always, back at In Line. And together, that would make us. The brothers. And you know goddamn well it will. They always. Listen, people, we got another hot slap of a topic coming today. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty of this thing we call black politics and how it affects the black community that you live in. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, yep. we got to get into a little bit of something we like to call Town, Town Hall, Hall Business. Business. City P, what you got? Man? First and foremost, shout out to, as always, our residential DJ JMC. He was currently out in the field. But with nothing but love, he's always supported us. He's always DJ some of our sets. Expect to hear from him real quick. Now, if you want booking information, look him up on Facebook. Jeremy Williams on Facebook. Check out his brand, Daydreams to Reality. They got a new mixtape that actually dropping real soon. I can't wait till they get that summertime. That summer madness. Joint. Yeah, that summer madness joint. Man, we are telling him, we are trying to encourage him to talk to those people. Hurry up and get that song out because the weather's about to break and that song is perfect. Right, if you right. ain't heard it, Hopefully, you'll hear it soon. Uh, shout out to, of course, all the people right now who are viewing us right now online. Side J. Brown, Keisha Hudson, all our usual fans. Our, our fans will always tune in to us every single week. We appreciate it to y'all. We love y'all. Thank y'all for the support. Shout out to all of our affiliates out there. Shout out to WIAN in Memphis, Tennessee, syndicated there. Shout out to iHeartRadio. Shout out to UBM. Shout out to Scene Chicago. And I'm also going to give a special shout out to a dude named Troy Simpson. Mm -hmm. What I want you to do is I want you to go to his website. Not just his Facebook page, but his website, Nebula 5. Man, he's selling all types of beat. Wicked beats, good tracks. If you like to spit, man, and you want to get some premium beats for an affordable price, go check out my man Troy Simpson, man. He should pay me for that one. He pay for that. He plug. should pay me for that one. Yeah, man. that was a good plug, man. I'm. We're <laughs> <laughs> throwing a little bonus one for that one. Matter of fact, we also looking out for you, Troy. What's up with that Weirdo League podcast, man? It's time for you to bring that back. We're looking forward to that Winter League podcast coming back. But the famos on his ground, man. So shout out to him, man. And shout out to everybody that's on right now because we about to get into it. So are you ready? One more, a couple you few more things. Got a few more things. Okay, shout out also to our younger brother in line that we spoke to see this Saturday, Mr. Ryan Watkins, who was just securing himself, who's going to be a guest on our relationship roundtable this Saturday. Yes, we're doing another one of those, of course. Ryan Watkins, who's a host of his own podcast called At My Mama's Table. Shout out to you, Ryan. Yes. I like that. At My Mama's Table. Be sure to catch that out on iTunes. Also, shout out to our brother who's also participating on the round table, Mr. Reggie Price. Finally got his podcast launched. It's called I Think I'm Wrong, But I Doubt It. These guys with these names right here, man. But that's what we talking yeah, about. I keep it popping. Keep it popping. Keep it popping. So, as always, don't forget this Saturday we're doing a special edition called the Pre-Valentine's Day Relationship Roundtable. And it is going to give you, we're going to give you basically what we do best. We're going to try to figure out this whole dating game, this whole relationship thing. Especially with this time around the year when it's Valentine's Day. Yes. 
And everybody knows it's a lot of emotions, a lot of money gets spent. So strap in your seatbelts and don't go to White Castles for Valentine's Day. I Please don't, don't go to that. White Castle for Valentine's Day. I know it, they think that sounds cool. I know they got the little plugins and everything, but that's not cool. Shout out to James Keller. Keep your eyes on the road, bro. Yeah, you know, you driving. You a CDL driver, man. You better uh, calm that down, bro. Shout out to James Keller Jr., man. All right, man. Reason. Reason. I'm done, bro. How you feeling, man? Uh, going so we got another segment. One more quick segment before we go into it. So, time for a little interesting story called What's Really Good Out Here? All right, right, right. What's really, 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 really good? Now, if you don't notice, a lot of things have been going on right now. Now, you heard like a little tidbit for us, a little personal thing for us. A little NBA trade deadline just went down today. What are you feeling about that right now? I'm feeling like the Pelicans are sabotaging the whole league. <laughs> <laughs> Making them show their hand so that they can mess up their chemistry so that they can have a better chance of going to just to see You just think they just they being they petty just, as they hell. They just being petty. It, they ain't got nothing to do with no Anthony Davis or trade nobody. They just uh, want, hey, man, what you going to give us? We'll give you everybody that we have, including our star players. Star player, like, the fuck? <laughs> Bro, no, we just playing. We don't need nobody. <laughs> now the players just looking like, oh, so you was going to trade me like that, my yeah, dude? Yeah, they basically. So that's kind yeah, of it's, it's kind of messed up because that's what they did to the Lakers. They literally just sabotaged the Lakers. They did it to key. Boston, too. They did to Boston. <laughs> they said, like, oh, that's how we feel about y'all. Yeah. You know what they do well, though? The uh, Will Dempsey looks like the GM of the Pugs. Like he looked like that dude that was laughing, getting into that Bentley with the fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> got y'all niggas, man. Yeah, got y'all. Boston and uh, Lakers ain't gonna make it out the the first round, now, nigga. They the two most historic franchises are about to get ripped apart by they <laughs> by the they old roster and by the fan locker base, room. the locker room. <laughs> and what fucking Will Dempsey's looking like? Yeah, Pelicans, y'all, 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 something. Yeah, that was something. That was, <laughs> that was a, that was a, I, I want that level of petty. You, you, you're something. Hey, baby, we got Otto Porter Jr. Though. Hey, I'm cool with that. I'll take Otto Porter Jr. I don't care what people say. I think he's good. You better I, be the max player we paying for. Man, but that, that money is something else. Yes, it is. Oh, another bit of news now. In case you other know, it's last week. There was a little bit of an incident that occurred outside of uh, us freezing to death almost. I don't get no more than that. Yeah. That's pretty important. Uh, Jesse Smollett, the whole situation with him. Oh, we didn't dive on to that one. Jesse Smollett, now, according to the reports, he was assaulted at 2 a.m. on his way to, I think, leaving a subway or going to a subway to get a sandwich. It was in Streeterville, which is a neighborhood close to downtown Chicago. Mm-hmm. He was assaulted by, for what we would describe as a redneck with a, a couple rope. of rednecks, with a rope and a MAGA, and a MAGA hat on. And now, <laughs> we all here, the brothers are an open mind. First of all, we don't condone this type of actions whatsoever. We don't absolutely condone these actions whatsoever. It's, it's a hate crime in more ways than one. Why we got to disclaim that we don't condone somebody getting their ass beat for no good reason? Because some people are just, the mob is fickle sometimes. Can't you really? That's the mob is fickle. That's that. That's a good point. So we gotta give these disclaimers because people act like they don't understand our true character. That's right the now. definition of population, people. A fickle crowd. Yeah, that's what they call you. So, of course, we don't endorse that type of behavior, but it unfortunately happened. However, 
we have become to the idea that this story doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense, does it? One of these things are not like the other. <laughs> and they wonder why. Well, for starters, if you've lived in Chicago, if you're familiar with the Streeterville area, and I've asked this question myself, let's just be realistic here. A redneck in Streeterville? I don't know. A re- for those of you who don't understand, Streeterville in Chicago is a very high-end area. I've never seen Streeterville before. I've been to Streeterville. It's right by the water tower. I don't know where the water tower is. You ever been around Navy Pier? Nope. You've been around close to the Gold Coast? I can't recall. He doesn't know where Streeterville is. I know where Streeterville is. It's a very high-end area. And for those of you who know Streeterville, like I said, it's a high-end area, but with a high-end area, so it's kind of hard to have an understanding that there might be a redneck floating around there. I mean, it could be. Nah, no, 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 no. Well, I, I don't. No, I don't have enough no. information to know if it is or not. Okay, why? Well, I, I have enough common sense to know what how that neighborhood is. And it's, it's, to me, it's just a long shot that you're gonna get a redneck beating your ass at two in the morning. Right, right, right. However, I will say that if this has occurred, more than likely this was somebody in that general vicinity or in that area that lived there. So it obviously wasn't a redneck. It was probably somebody you may have known. Mm-hmm. That you're probably just not telling anybody. But go ahead. You right? You, you you sure you want me to go? Go ahead. Okay. Now what I just did is what I want everybody on here to start doing. Of course I know where the Gold Coast is. Of course I know where Navy Pier is. I worked at Streetersville in, in LA Fitness right there. It's mm-hmm. on McClurg and over there by uh, RIC and Northwestern University. Because you know. But what I want you to start doing is. Mm-hmm. You have to understand the society you live in and the culture right now. You're dealing with Jesse Smollett. Even though he is repping the LGBT, that's just a section. He's black beyond anything. So what I want y'all to start doing is, instead of crucifying your brother because you think he got a messed up story, I want you to do like Luther told that girl and set it off, okay? Shut the fuck up! (laughs) Okay? If that story is bogus, don't prosecute your fellow African-American brother. If you don't think his story is good or right, do it like you would do with your family member. You're not going to speak up against your family member to the strangers. If you think he out of order, you probably ain't going to say nothing to him until y'all get in the car or in y'all house. So do what I just said. If something is wrong in that case, and it's not on Jesse Smuller, and Jesse Smuller might be lying or not, shut the fuck up. So I'm wrong for calling him out. Hey, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling people to stay on code. Look, he's gonna tell you shut the fuck up. I'm asking people to do a little critical thinking about situations like this. And don't knee-jerk a reaction just because you don't know the whole story yet. Because if something don't make sense to you, it just doesn't. And when you find out all the information about the story and it proves out that Jesse Smullett is probably not telling all of the truth and the Chicago PD, because they're trying to do an investigation on him right now, comes to him and they want to lock him up and they want everybody to prosecute him in a court of public opinion, what I need y'all to do is shut the fuck up! You must have watched all that lawyer video online, didn't you? No, no, no. This is from Luther on Set It Off. Luther. I do know those two white guys, but this is from Luther. You remember I told you uh, last week? That's I was watching that on Set It Off. Uh But that's what I need y'all to do. And what it's called is just staying on code. Stay on code. Don't let nobody prosecute your fellow brother against the other, even if you think it's some fishy stuff in the game. 
do like what they do when somebody is about to get prosecuted by the police and the police is asking other police you know what they say well i don't recall i have to get all the information before i make a decision about that i got to understand what's going on before i just speak up against anybody well i will answer once i get all the information shut the fuck (laughs) up and stop persecuting kevin hart what he said about Justin E. Too. We need another uh, segment. Yeah, apparently. Called Shut the Fuck <laughs> Up. Because apparently they did him so bogus over there because, you know, apparently, like I said before, it's important sometimes to forget that as a black man, that apparently doesn't take precedence over being gay in this situation, which is unfortunate. Well, I wish that the LGBT community, Midtown, Feminist, womanist, all these sub intersectionality groups, I wish they would realize their skin tone and that we are a group before we are a organization or a subsection of a group. Can you say cultures or something? What you mean? Like as far as, you know, a gay culture and a woman culture. Gay culture, yeah. It's what I just said you was the gay culture, like the woman's culture, uh chauvinistic culture, whatever you are in your off day, you are repping your community first okay black first okay mm-hmm. so like i said if something goes wrong with this jesse smaller <laughs> thing and they want you to speak out against what kevin hart said 10 years ago mm-hmm. what you should do is look at a wall and repeat after me <laughs> shut the fuck up and stay on code stop prosecuting your fellow black brothers which is perfect because that brings us to our subject of the day, what he just described with a level called politicking. Because <laughs> that's what we're talking about today. Politicking while black. Black politics. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it's called. Politicking while black. Okay. Politicking while black. Politicking while black. It's got to be worse than driving while black. <laughs> Man, look. This, this, this puts people in their feelings, apparently. All right. So couple questions that we have to kind of think about while we go through this subject is why is it important to know about politics in the black community? Why? Because it's important to know exactly who's speaking on your behalf. Who's representing you. Because in the grand scheme of things, unless, if you want to be a follower of the system, if you want to buy into the system, if you need to go on and have an average day life, obviously you're not going to do it yourself. I think that's more than abundantly clear. However, there are people who are assigned to this job to make sure they supposedly have your best interest at heart when they're going to federal or local legislators and governments in order to get laws and bills passed, in order to make sure you have a more sustainable life or a happy life. We know that's not usually the case, but... I know you you speaking about bizarro world because the world out of the I'm giving you the the, 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 the basic rundown okay. of what it's supposed to be. That sounds like I'm giving you the rundown of what it's supposed to be. That That's what like it's supposed to Chicago be. Chicago on opposite day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be, but it technically isn't at times. Now, not isn't at times. It's just not, apparently. <laughs> Because that's why I say it's important to know because you have to know who the hell you re- is representing you because there's a lot of things that have gone on in the political arena that has not benefited black people at all. And sometimes we have to take a little bit of accountability for ourselves. The black community has not paid attention to politics enough to be mm. that. Let's be real about this. 
we tend to ignore certain issues, ignore certain reports, and ignore certain people that we put in office who they could just make up a whole story, a whole campaign, and you think it works. And then look at what it happens when they get in the office. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Maybe worse things. They do the absolute opposite. Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of interesting because, you know, I've always had this thing. I know I've had this thing about liberals and conservatives. First of all, I don't really give a shit about either one of them. Liberals and conservatives. I don't really give a shit about either one of them. I think they're both sides are kind of full of shit. What's the gist of a liberal in I'm going to say it. To, all right, thank you for asking me that question because I'm going to break it down in a way that I always felt about it. Mm. A liberal, it, to me, is the type of person that will take you out to dinner, wine and dine you, have a good conversation, share their beliefs, share their ideals, and let you know that there's a beautiful world outside. Before they decide to fuck you up. Okay. So, what do you think a conservative is? A conservative is a person that's going to just fuck you over. <laughs> so, what is a Democrat then? <laughs> to me, he's a liberal. More than a liberal than a conservative. Actually, you know what? There really is no difference. It's, they're kind of both. They're both and they're neither really in a way. So, what's the left wing and the right wing? The left wing is supposed to be the liberal side. The right wing is the conservative side. That's the Republican side. And if you have a left wing and a right wing, it means it's on one bird, right? Right. So, so it's obvious, one of the same thing. See what he's saying? Right. He's telling you. That's why I said it's either both or it's either neither. But in this case, it's both. So it really doesn't matter. It's just that one side is telling you something really good and make you believe, make you think. That's working for you. Well, the other side don't really give a shit. Right. They're just telling you what it is and well how it's gonna be, mm-hmm. and they're not really sugarcoating anything. And they're saying there's nothing you can really do about it other than vote for it. Not. It's just enough for you. Yeah. So, unfortunately, for black people in our community, it doesn't give us a lot of wiggle room, does it? Well, no. Yes and no. Uh, if you want to play the game of this political. You know, going back and forth, the mayoral candidates and all that type of stuff, and you want to follow what they're going to say, and you're going to look at the election, and you're going to go and vote. Yeah, it doesn't give you that much wiggle room. But what I would ask, especially the African American community, mm-hmm. what in the hell have anyone done for you in the past five to ten years, specifically? Because everything that I feel that most of these politicians talk about, whether it be Bill Daly, whether it be Tony Pretwinkle, or whether it be the, the nice girl, the, the nice one. What's Anya. Anya and Kin Kinye. Oh, that's weird. Her, her last name is Anya. Um, we're being okay. I guess we are. Okay. We're being petty as hell for not knowing her name because she's a you know, fellow black But girl. even though I don't know her whole name, I do know her policy. Okay, I do know what she focused on. She's the girl that leans on public policy more than anything. She's the one that's going to show you that she has 15 degrees. I think she has two doctorate degrees. Amara Anya. Amara Anya. Yeah. She got two doctorate degrees. She got a bachelor's degree. She got two master's degrees. You're dealing with a woman, Tony Preckwinger, that been in the political side of Chicago for a long time. Actually, my mother, it was my mother's teacher 
Oh, really? It, Tony Preckwinkle was my mother's teacher. But new every day. at the end of the day, in order to get inside of that system, you have to be vetted and being told exactly what you need to do inside of that system. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to say I have a little bit of a cynicism when it comes to this type of political structure. Because when I hear people talk about it on the radio, when I hear people talk about it on social media... Always see it as almost entertainment more than actual politics because the politics is done behind closed doors. Special lobbyists, people that are going to actually put the dollars in the people's hands to get change, to get votes, to get uh, special ordinances passed. That's how politics is actually done. What we're doing is basically the WWE of politics. We're cheering along, we're voting. And if anybody don't know the etymological term for voting, it means to wish. This is what we're doing. So I have a bit of a cynicism when it comes to politics because I understand that politics is done behind closed doors. It's never done in the mayoral candidates, whether it be primaries or the secondaries. So in other words, what you're saying is the deal has already been broken before you even get it on the street. It doesn't matter if it's, uh, what was the girl's name again? Anya Amara. Anya Amara, Tony mm. Pratt-Wrinkle, or Bill Daly. When you get into office, when you're dealing with the mayor, when you're dealing with government in general, kind of on the alderman side of the game, but especially when you get into the national level, when you're dealing with your House of Representatives, the senators, and especially the president, you have a transcript of what you have to accomplish. When it deals with the president, you have a national agenda and you have a foreign agenda. And these agendas is already set for by the powers to be, a.k.a. the 13 families. So when you get somebody like the nice-looking black girl, when you get somebody like Tony Pratwinkle, which is an African-American, and, you know, we would say, hey, we're getting some black people in the office. Yeah. What you have to understand, you're only getting a figurehead that's going to represent the agenda that was already passed. Right. Way before you even knew it. Like, don't get swayed by the idea that we got so many people of color now in the House of Representatives, okay? I'm pretty sure that was already put in place for that to happen. And it's the reason why the Senate doesn't only have a certain amount of people of color from the Democratic side as well. So The, the color, and you're not going to catch me say this all the time, but in this case, the color don't mean nothing. The one thing that you need to be asking yourself, and I'm speaking to my black people, is there an agenda for the black community in your campaign? Which one? Okay. You go to Tony Prattwinkle, mm-hmm. even though she's a sister. You go to, say her name one more time, I keep on blaming on her. Amara Anye. Amara Anye. You go to Bill Daly. You go to anybody that's a mayoral candidate. You go to anybody in the House of Representatives. You go to anybody that's running for president. It's- is Slickback Willie Wilson still running? Slickback is still running. Okay, all right. Is there, you stupid, <laughs> is there an agenda for black people? Because what we tend to do is we, get in the, we tend to get caught up in all these trickle-down politics. Okay, if I give it to the head corporations, if I give it to the municipal of the city of Chicago, then it's going to benefit me in the long run. And by the time we get any of the effects of it, it's all drained out and dried out, and we don't really feel it. Mm-hmm. What you need to be worried about is who's going to help you as black people. Now, who's going to help minorities? Because that's a loaded word that represents more than six other ethnicities. Yeah. Now, who's going to help the city of Chicago? Now, who's going to help, I would say, prison reform? 
But you got to understand what is the leading population in prison right now? The African-American community. You have to get detailed and specific. And a little later, we're going to go in how to get detailed and specific, but we're going to keep it moving. Yes. Which actually, since you talked about that, it, makes it up, brings up another important question we got to ask is, can you trust politicians to have your best interests at heart? Uh, yeah, in the sense of they are going to go where the money goes. Yeah. See, on this brother's podcast yeah. today, <laughs> I'm not going to give you the Angela Rye version of politics. He's going to tell you like it is. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to give you the, uh, what, what would you say, the, the, the Cory Booker of politics, the, Kam- the Kamala Harris of politics. I'm not going to give you that. Uh-huh. I'm going to give you how politics actually work. Because here's the thing, a lot of people don't, you know, probably didn't pay attention to now, but you should have a little insight. You write for this stuff, right? Yeah. You write for C Chicago. All right. So, shout out to Hill. You also write for the Huffington Post, still, right? Huffington Post, in Chicago, Chicago, and I freelance my own work. See, there you go. So, you he has to do this type of stuff. So, I'll just give you a quick little story. He already know about it, about one of the articles that I wrote. Game with Shamus Block. <laughs> <laughs> this is the article that I wrote. I wrote an article about eight aldermen in the city of Chicago that was taking bribes in order for the Laquan McDonald thing to be covered up and so that the aldermen will not leak the story to their communities. And I wrote about it along when when the uh, crusader was writing about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to say who stopped me. Just to tell you how this politic game worked, mm-hmm. I had some people in higher up places that stopped me from publishing this work just telling you systematically how the mayor is actually paying these aldermen to shut their mouths. How the money is getting trickled down so that the black community does not get anything. Dealing with real estate, dealing with uh, community projects, or just dealing with reform and education. The mayor, the higher up, is paying these aldermen to suppress anybody that talks about this in the black community. And they broke it in the Chicago Crusader. But the people that I was working for at the time would not break And you want to know why? Why? Because they were getting paid under the table. So this politic game is a dirty game. And it got a lot of dirty players in it. And if you keep on looking at it as something that's righteous, loyal, something that's going to benefit you in the long run, as far as what you see on ABC, NBC, Channel 7, Channel 9 News, that type of politics, then you're going to be... Your eyes are wide open while they're actually doing the real politics behind your back. And that's not what you want. You want change. Yeah. Right? Well, then, I got to ask a question there. I'm going to have to play a little bit of a devil's advocate here on this one. Well, go ahead, sir. The phrase, sometimes to get things done, you're going to have to get your hands a little dirty seems to come to mind. I had to be a little crooked just to make sure things were straight. Exactly. So, in order for things like this... Some, for some good to be done, for some positivity to be brought into our community. Some under-the-hand things have to be taking place for that to happen. Because, you know, some well, both sides of a party of negotiations have to benefit from this somehow. So sometimes somebody has to make that sacrifice. Somebody has to dirty, dirty up themselves a little bit. So, with that being the case, can you still trust a politician that has to do the things like that in order to do the common, for a common good? When you... I'll say it like this. You know when somebody be like, hey, 
don't you trust me? Like, say you got a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and, you know, they kind of been a little suspicious. They've been doing a little bit of something on the side, and they hit you with the, hey, you can trust me. Why you don't trust me? This is what you should say, and this is regarding politics. I trust you to do exactly what you have always done. So, in regards to politics, yes, trust them to do exactly what they always do, and that's follow the money, okay? And this is where the real politics happen. This is where the special groups that get the bids that the mom and pop construction sites can't get, especially African American construction sites, they don't get that in order for them to bring their money back into the community. This is where the lobbyists come in at. This is where the reason why you paying $5,000 in parking tickets when you only had a $200 ticket to begin with and it doubled and doubled and doubled. Mm. And uh, you don't know that the uh, Department of Transportation in Chicago made a deal under the table with, uh, it was a big time towing company that gave them $6 million in order to tow every car that put that gets put on that line after they get that this is the kicker right here once they get that then they have the right to make that six million but then go take your car and sell it to the seizure auctions and stuff like that where the chicago get paid another piece of change so you got to look at that type of politics and those type of deals don't happen on ABC Channel 7 News. They're not talked about in the Chicago Sun-Times, the Tribune. The only way that you can get into that type of politics is through group economics. Mm -hmm. And that basically means as black people or whatever you want to call yourselves, because we're not talking about a whole lot of groups. We're not talking about just being Moors or Hebrew Israelites or being a black woman, it's a black feminist, or being MGTOW, it means chauvinistic, or being mulatto. We're talking about just black people in the whole. This is when getting your money together comes in. Because just like a lot of these special interest groups get these things passed, you can do the same damn thing. But you got to get out of this habit of always wanting to vote for every damn thing. Because vote means to wish. Right. And you've been wishing for change, and that shit ain't came yet, has it? Well, it clearly hasn't changed, especially from the top offices down to now, has it? goddamn time. I mean... It's kind of ironic because now looking at what we got going on, you're getting a clear-cut example of what's going on in our presidential campaigns. Right now, you see, the isn't it weird that there's so many candidates coming out on the Democratic side trying to get this Democratic nomination to run against Trump mm-hmm. in, next year, in next year's presidential election. Yes, we're almost a little bit over a year from now from the next presidential election. And there's a lot of lobbying, there's a lot of campaigning. And we haven't even got a nomination for who's the Democrat, which I think really doesn't kind of matter in this case. But but who we got? No, we we getting a couple of people. All right, so of course we got good old Dusty Bernie. <laughs> yeah, okay. Bernie Sanders. Dusty Bernie. All Dusty right. Bernie. He's like, he's like an old man named Dusty. That's mm-hmm. right. Bernie Sanders was usually doing the field of Bernie campaign last, a couple of years ago when he tried last time he tried to run for Democratic nomination. Who was defeated by Hillary Clinton, which we all learned about the little sabotage of his campaign. We also learned about Hillary Clinton's dealings with the Democratic National Party. For those who don't know, there was a report that came out that Hillary Clinton's campaign foreman and people, the head ponchos behind her campaign, were actually already had a business agreement with the Democratic National Party. 
in their headquarters to already make her give her the nomination. So that whole election, that whole nomination election was a waste of time because she was already bought into that. It's all, it's, it's basically, most of it is a waste of time. And a lot of times they, you know, because what you're doing right now and that we need this, that we, we do need this for conversations, you're giving the specifics of a, almost a video game. Right. They're playing a video game with all this. Yeah. They're basically lubing you up while they do what they have to do. And then they come in and sticking you with their real agendas. So, like, and, and this is what I just want people to understand. And, and not to go off of what we're saying. But, but I want my black people to start looking at the game in the right way. We're playing checkers by talking about the mayoral races and all the different candidates and what they might do. But, Let's play chess. Let's play strategic games. Let's know that the fact that you need group economic money as black people so that you can buy your politicians so that they can give you what you need, and that's change in the black community. Real estate, reform in education, because some of these public schools are so messed up. If you notice that a bad public school and potholes in the ground and messed up real estate is all in the same neighborhood, right? Right black neighborhood so what you need is you need to come together and resort repool your money so that you can buy somebody mm-hmm. this is how real politics work what's that girl name again say it one more time uh amara Anya. if you really was really focused on a woman and uh, that's just another point but i'm gonna keep going with this one if you really focus on anya what you need to do is you should have been in her pocket Right. You should have been in her pocket. Now the mayoral race is about, they about to start voting soon. Yes. And now you just want this figurehead of an African-American woman that's going to get an agenda that she has no control over to represent you, just to make you feel good. Mm-hmm. You should have been in her pocket. That's how, that's how politics really work. I mean, you're already sitting on the national stage with uh, Kamala Harris now happening to her. And... Even when her declaration to run for president, the woodwork of her misdealings have came out since then. And that's one thing I got to give black people because what what I see black people doing now is just stand on code. Okay, yeah. Obama slipped through. You know, we 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 gonna make a change. And you looked at him being an African American, and you said, okay, well he's gonna represent us. But that's not a pass no more. And you seen him go and sing Amazing Grace, and you said, yeah, he's down with us. But I can't see black people maturing past the fact of a person like Kamala Harris, she'll go to the the Jewish community and tell them about reform that they, they're going to do in order to bring money to their community. Mm-hmm. She'll go to the Chinese community and tell them what she's going to do. She'll go to the Hispanic community and tell them what she's going to do with them as far as immigration. Then you'll get to the black people and you know what they do? What? Hey, job. you see my Dougie, don't you? Second job. Ah! I listen to Cardi B. Second job. I'm glad you're getting to the point where you can see the muck in the game. Because that's all, that's what they think of the African American community. Hillary Clinton did it. Only thing she had to do is do the nay nay. Yeah. And people decide that's what, that's how much they think about you. Yes. Okay? So I'm glad that I can see my african-american community maturing on that level but it's time to kick it up to the next phase well that's also one thing i'm also happy about the fact that i know this is gonna sound a little touch but it's fine whatever we're not buying into major what you piggyback off what you're saying we're not buying into the majority of a 
black person, or in this case, a black woman, running for president as the figurehead or as the face of our movement say, hey, we got a black woman running for president of the United States. People aren't buying that because they're not buying her her reasons and her politics and her issues. Black, white, I want tangibles. They, exactly. What they, do you want to tangibly do for my community? Look how much has come out about her. She was the DA and the Attorney General in in California, and look at the things she's done. In Locked up the most African Americans in in history. Damn near on the Guinness Book of World Records. Supported <laughs> the three strike rule, the rule that Bill Clinton first started, the rule that put a lot of innocent black men in jail, and also the truancy rule in California that she was saying it was for all uh, parents that kept their kids out of school, but when you went to the truancy courts. All that was filed up in there was African-American women. Yeah. Okay. And then the refusal to legalize marijuana because apparently big business is not seen as a profit of course. And a refusal to turn over a case that the dude was innocent, but when they put a little steam on her ass, she finally had to do it because the court of public opinion was about to fire because keep in mind, she was really not going to do anything about that. Right. She was going to let it slide. And before somebody say this, because this is the inevitable. Yeah. Why are you bashing our black, black sister? I just want to give you the, the, a little bit of the game. This is what I want y'all to realize. And I want you to peep this. When you say black, we tend to put everybody in the black DOS, mm-hmm. descended of slavery, or, you know, that type. We put everybody. We don't, if your skin is this skin, we'll put you in that. But I want you to recognize what they actually do. Nine times out of ten, they get a black person that's not actually black. Like, quote-unquote, let's just start with Obama. Was Obama really black? Obama's father was from Kenya, and his mother was from Hawaii, America, that had descendants in Nebraska. So his nationality or his ethnicity wasn't black. He didn't identify with black people. Take Kamala Harris. Her mother is from India, and her father is from Jamaica. And if you know anything about the Caribbeans and the African culture when they come to America, I ain't even got to say it. Do Africans like black people when they come to America? Yeah, no. No. And when you're dealing with the Jamaican, the Caribbean cultures too, even though they got the same skin in you as us, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, they've been told going through customs or just their tradition is to be about your people and don't mingle into those black people when you get to the Americas. You can see it on Facebook. If that's this woman, this girl that came on saying, "I'm I'm Dominicano. I'm not black. I'm Dominicano." That's just a microcosm of how that Caribbean yeah. people, the way that they view you. But black people are so moralistic. They be like, "Well, your skin tone is the same, so I guess we gonna embrace you." But they pray off that. I'm gonna say it one more time. They pray. P-R-E-Y. P-R-E-Y, not P-R-A-Y. Yeah, they pray on you to always accept everybody with the same skin tone as you, even when they don't have the same plight as you, or even if they don't identify themselves as being black like you. Yeah. Like I said, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is from, her mother is Indian, okay? And I, and I want to let y'all know a little bit of something about India. If you are in India, it is a caste system, okay? You have a couple of castes. Now, if you're Druid, those are the people that will like blacks. But if you are Brahmin, like her mother is, 
Your ass can't stand black people. They are taught not to like black people. That's the same cast of Gandhi. Gandhi was Brahmin, and y'all all know how racist Gandhi was. Yeah. Okay? So, you're dealing with a woman that, in Jamaica, that, that culture don't necessarily like black people, and a mother that's Brahmin in her culture don't necessarily like black people. So, although you might look at her and say, that's a black woman, you have to understand the pedigree to understand why she's been doing what she's been doing as far as locking so many goddamn black people up. Mm. Check her record instead of checking her skin tone. No. Don't make it about a black black girl's rock name. Make it about is she helping the black community? Yeah. Sidebar question, my young intellectual brother, because yes, you break yes, it down yes, real sir, quick. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So <laughs> In that, and what you said it was really interesting because you also said something about being a Dominican. Don't really mess around with black, you know, so on and so forth. A lot of people don't interact with black people like that. So, with what we've learned throughout the year, throughout the time we've been doing this podcast and information we've shared, is the necessity that claiming that you're somewhat a Dominican or this, that, and the third actually beneficial to them and you can't, we can't really blame them because what we've always expressed on this show is that being black is not a nationality. Right. That it's just a class. It's a class. Yep. It's not a nationality. It's not so a nationality. So technically, we're not really black. Yeah. So, for that to exist, do you think people in this cultures around the world would feel that way about us because you know, have this resentment towards us because we're following this as a nationality instead of a class? He he, my good sir. You are absolutely right. So that's probably the reason why people are bringing us down so much. Because they're laughing at us. Yeah. Honestly, and I want y'all, don't internalize this. I just want you to peep game. Everybody knows what your true nationality is across the world. Like, on a day, on a weekly basis now, we get views from people from London, I get views from people from Africa. I get views from people from the uh, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, South America, Australia. And they know the history of who you are. And they laugh at the fact that you keep on calling yourself black because they know that puts you in a slave category so that you can have no rights according to the Constitution. Right. They know it. Mm. And they just looking at you like, these Negroes want us to help them, but they don't even know who they are. Right. They, they laugh at us. That's why somebody like uh, oh, Barack Obama will skirt the question of black because he understands what black means. And we're not talking on a connotative term like, oh, you ain't uh, proud to be black? Don't even go there with me, people. Right. We're talking about on a legal, politic, politician, systematic side of the game. Legally, what happens when you call yourself black in the legal system and why these black politicians always damn near are never black, DOS. They're but always from a Caribbean island or from Africa or from somewhere else. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Because I've always had this conversation. I had this moment. This is a personal thing for me. A moment like there this. have been times where I've even seen people from many races, from black, white, Latino, who I work at on the street. You know, they kind of how people are these sly and they kind of mock like Black Lives Matter a little bit. 
Because you know you always get that type of people that mock Black Lives Matter. And I remember I was a person that was always preaching about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> and then you kind of realize Black lives don't matter because being black really doesn't, it's not a thing. Legally. Legally, 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 it's not a thing. Black lives don't matter legally. No. Literally, legally, it literally. does not matter. You can look it up yourself. Yeah. Like, black don't really mean shit. And that's why I say, man, we got to stop playing checkers and start playing chess. So it's kind of funny that it makes you kind of wonder to myself is that at that moment, it was like, damn, they knew more information about this shit than I did. Always. Maybe they didn't. Maybe just being assholes. You know, I always throw that out. But... They may have known more about this before I did, and they probably looked at me like, you're still stupid. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Hence the point, like, the girl, y'all might have saw it on Facebook. Now, the girl might not know exactly what she was talking about, but she actually hit it on the head. She kept saying, I'm not black, I'm Dominicano. I'm not black, I'm Dominicano. I'm not no black girl. I come from Dominican. And I, I saw a lot of black people. And, and it's the thing, I, I'm not even going to call it pseudo-intellectual. I'm just going to say you were educated with a certain understanding of life. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you're not skeptic of the education you were given. That's that's what I'll say. Right. Because there, there were black educated people that were saying, how could you say you're not black? You came from a slave boat that came to the Dominican Republic and dropped you off just like we did. You are black just like I am. You come from African heritage just like I am. You are not Dominican. You are a black girl. Mm. But what she was basically saying is she probably don't know this or not. Because I ain't even defending the girl. She's probably just going off ignorance. But what she's truly saying is Dominican is a nationality. If she went to the United Nations and said some people is messing with me, she could get represented. Yeah. But if you calling yourself black or African-American, because, you know, Jesse Jackson created that in 1988, call yourself these black African-American titles because a nationality can't be on two continents, Africa and America. Mm -hmm. That's just not how international law works. If you keep on calling yourself these things, she has the right to tell you that she's not black because that means nothing legally. Right. And they know this. Matter of fact, keep on talking. I'm going to pull up something. Okay. So, in essence... The ideology is that you being black is not a real thing. It's not a real thing. It's more so classism. It's more about real estate. So when you go to your United Nations, like I said, you go to your United Nations, you make a complaint, you want to be represented, but you call yourself black, they're going to look at you and probably laugh in your face. Because you don't have a nationality. You, you don't, don't know, a- and you don't even probably don't have a clue what your nationality is. You haven't taken the time. You haven't done the research. You haven't done, you haven't asked the proper questions. And you're not going to know anything. Because the wise man, the wise man says is always, the smartest man in the world is a man who has a lot to learn. But a wise man is a person who always asks questions. You don't ever question what you're taught. Hell, a comedian by the name of George Carlin taught you that, and he's white. I never, I always question everything I've taught. And I want to show you something exactly what we're talking about by a dude named Riza Islam. Very, very reputable dude. Oh, we're going to really. So, you ready for this, people? Here we go. I want y'all to listen closely. Uh, a system that can 
put you inside of a law where if you get pulled over by the police, where you're going through court systems and all these legal issues, you can be put into a modern form of slavery. Okay, there's a high science dealing with the term black, but the original term is more, Moorish, or even prior is Asiatic. Asiatic, the, the planet's name was Asia. The planet. Prior to all of the continents being broken up, okay, and scattered, the Pangea and all that, where the water rolls and then the pieces of the, the actual supercontinent broke up and broke apart, the planet was called Asia. Yeah. So what he's basically saying there, people, is according to law, calling yourself African-American black, because that's the same thing, you don't have no standing in law. How does this deal with politics? Why do you think that the black community never gets anything inside of the black community? Because the black community is a designation for you not to give any fucking funds to. No. That's how they know when they take the U.S. Census and it says you are African-American. You are in a black community. Mm. This is where we don't give money to. Right. That's how they know. So this is how the politics work. So one of the first things you need to do, if you really want to get into the political side of the game, mm. I need you to start understanding what nationality is. I know you probably heard it a couple of times. Yeah. And you was like, oh, okay, here go with that shit. But I really need you to understand it because that's the only way that you're not going to be a 14th Amendment citizen. And that's a citizen that has no right. legal standing in the court of law. No. That's the only way. And if you keep calling yourself black, and if you keep on teaching your kids to say black, and you want them to politically be in the game and know what's going on, you're chopping off both your hands and you think you're really feeding them food. Right. It's, it's, it's real out here. And it's time for y'all to stop bullshitting with this political game. You want to get in a political game, you need to practice group economics. I heard somebody say, Willie Wilson, vote him in. Yes, vote him in, but it's still for a look. Right. Because when Willie Wilson get in, he has an agenda that he has to follow. And if he does anything for the designated black community, meaning dead in law, they are going to tax his ass. Yes, they are. Okay? So it means that you have to vote in your own people. Okay? You have to vote in your people. If you don't have money back in this dude, don't vote him in. Okay? Matter of fact, if he's not talking about specifically what he's going to do for the black community and have an agenda written down so he can implement it when he get in, I don't give a damn if he blue, black, purple. Don't do it. Right. Tell your grandma that because your grandma and your mama is the ones that probably influence you to vote and don't even know what the hell you're voting for. They're always the ones to tell you to vote. You got to get in there. Your ancestors died to vote. No, the ancestors died because they was trying to change their current situation and they thought voting would be the best way possible. Right. But when you find out it don't work, you need to switch the game up. Yes. That's what your ancestors died for. So they can live a better life, not just to arbitrarily vote for somebody. Now it's kind of ironic. I don't know if people don't read the subliminal messaging what I sometimes do. But everybody noticed the shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> oh cool. damn! I, is, yeah, that's, that's popular. Yes, it's the old. Remember the old Cleveland Indians tribe? I saw it on Bomani Jones. Yeah, one. see, shout yeah. out to Bomani, Bomani Jones. He put this on, and I had to get this shirt. It's Caucasians with a little man with a dollar sign instead of a little arrow. Um, excuse me, the feather on his head. But it's actually interesting that I decided to wear this shirt because obviously you understand Caucasians is associated with being white. But believe it or not, is not Caucasian a nationality? 
Caucasian is not a nationality. Is it not? No. Caucasian is not a nationality. Caucasian slash white is still the caste system or class system. It's just that it's the highest rank Mm. on the class system. Okay. So that's why you'll see a 90-year-old, well, actually a 76-year-old man that just raped a little girl. Disgusting shit right here. And he got 90 days probation because the way that in law they deal with a person that classifies themselves as white is different from the way that they deal with a person that is classified as black. It's a different set of rules, a la the Christian black codes. Okay, this is where all this stuff comes from. They deal with a different set of rules dealing with you calling yourself black people. I'm going to say it one more time for you to understand what I'm saying. They deal with a... Not not on some... Man, they, they just look at us different. No. They have a different set of guidelines to deal with someone that classifies themselves as black. Right. And they have another set of guidelines to deal with someone that's classified as white. Because a little known little secret that they won't tell you. Your West African brothers, your Egyptian North African brothers... They could be blacker than me and Steve put together, dipped in oil. Mm-hmm. But when they come to this country, you know what they're classified as? What? White. That's a little secret that they don't tell you. Hmm. North African and West Africans are classified as white when they come here. So that's why I want y'all to understand. Y'all got to get out of when you're dealing with this politics, thinking it's a black and white thing, dealing with race. No, it's dealing with class. Okay. It's always been my class. And when you white, and especially those West Africans come here, they get a different tax bracket. They they get leveled down. They don't get the high tax bracket like we do, but they'll never tell them. Because mm-hmm. you know why? Because them people practice group economics like black people should be doing. You know, that's interesting. I just learned something new about the you know, Caucasian right there. But, you know, it's interesting because the caste system of being... Caucasian versus being black or white versus black because we're in a caste system a caste system but now you know who built the system it's simple but you know who's running it and who built it as opposed to now who's suffering from it that's why black people are put there you could actually you could be classified as black and not be black. It's yeah. literally, like we said, a class system. And that's just... Just like serfs, peasants, kings, nobles. So here's what we're going to do. Is, so I think we should probably uh, clarify this before we get off. Let's get to a point where when we discuss black and white, we're not just talking about skin color. Because if we know, we know a lot of, I guess you could say white people. Well, white people in this speaker languages who aren't exactly in that percentile, they're, they're they're the same level as us. We know them well, so you know they're kind of stuck in the same boat we are. Maybe get a little bit more per- preference. Yeah, I would not say that at all. I said okay, <laughs> so they get a little bit more preferences than we are. They get the more benefit of the doubt. Than I was about to say because even if they ain't got as, the money, as far as as far as the money part, when they go to court. Okay, as far as the money part, okay. <laughs> the money side, mm-hmm. they're in a struggle with us. As far as the legal side, they'll get the benefit of the doubt. Definitely. Exactly. So they're not really in a struggle with you. <laughs> okay, I said kind of. I didn't say that. Y'all go oh. rob a bank and, and, and uh, O'Shea is going to go with a couple of probations and they're going to send your black ass to prison. 
okay? So they're not, and I don't mean that trying to be, no, literally, he's going to get judged by a different set of rules than you are, different set of ordinances than you are. Yeah. That's why a black man that commits the same crime, and I know you've seen it a thousand times, gets a life sentence, and this other dude damn near gets six months in the county jail. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's legally put that way. And there's only one way that you get out of that system, black people, because it ain't all loom and goom. Politically, you need to know your nationality. Yeah. That's why I'm always talking to y'all about nationality. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, I'm always nationality because you don't want to be a 14th Amendment citizen. No. That's who gets the brunt of the bullshit. You want to be someone that has a nationality. An African-American, Negro, and colored are not nationalities. I'll tell you what, real quick before we go. Can you tell people out there how to start off on this quest? Only thing you got to do. First, I'm going to give you your nationality, but this is controversial. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand what the dude, his name was Rizza Islam, was saying. He said black people were known as Moors. Okay? Nationality. Every nation recognizes dark-skinned, complected people mm-hmm. as being Moors. That's the actual color. It's more color. Right. So if you just want to start from square one, you are a Moor. Not to be confused with the uh, European Moor that came from the Iberian Peninsula in North Africa and came to the United States. But Moor meaning the autochthon, Aboriginal, Indigenous people of the earth. So wherever you are, your nationality is more. And if you want to go and change your nationality or actually get a nationality, because you ain't got one to begin with, because America, American, ain't your nationality because it says you're a U.S. citizen, right? Right. When you look on your shit, it's a U.S. citizen. Mm -hmm. So you're not even an American citizen. Mm -hmm. So start by going and changing your nationality. Also... Go and find out your tribal affiliation because I done told you this and they done proved it. I want my black people to go and look out this. 98% of the African Americans that are on this continent right now were already here before the transatlantic slave trade. Mm. Out of the 12 to 15 million people that they said actually came over, which was a lie, there was only 1 to 5% that was actual African. That actually came over. So out of that 12 to 15 million, it was only about 150,000 of Africans. So nine times out of 10, which is 90%, you are from this land. You did not come over in slavery. Now, whether you was a prisoner of war and went into what they call slavery is a different thing. But you are from this land, which means you have rights to this land. So find out your tribal affiliations. Like I tell them, I'm a Washita do the Monday Choctaw more. American. Mm-hmm. That's my nationality on my papers. Okay. I'm trying to get this nigga to go and find his nationality. <laughs> I already know what I already know what empire I think, I'm from. You he know what? I think we're probably, probably actually from the affiliations. I told you we're probably. You told me your people are from Mississippi. Mississippi yeah. Four generations back. But if your people are from Mississippi. In 1800 and 1700, you was from the Washita Empire. Now, what your actual tribe is, I'm Choctaw or Choctaw, because mm-hmm. Choctaw is something different, but we ain't got time for that. Whatever that is, that's something on you find out yourself. Right. But just knowing that, you already know that you are a Washita Moor. That's a nationality that if some shit got popped off, you can go to the UN and say these people treating us wrong. Right. But as black people, you would never get reparations. Because you have to have a nationality and not be a descendant of slavery. You have to be a prisoner of war. Please repeat that one more time. One more time. What? 
They're part of what you need to be reparations. The reason why you can't get reparations is because you have to have a nationality and not be considered just a slave. Because the reason why the Jews got money is not because they were slaves. It was because they were prisoners of war. That's what you have to be classified as. So get your shit together, people. Please. And on that note, we are out of time, ladies and gentlemen. Please thank you yet again for another episode of the Brothers Podcast. Shout out to everybody who has been online watching us. Shout out to everybody on our affiliates. Catch us this Saturday for the Relationship Pre-Valentine's Day Relationship Roundtable. And we are out. Peace. I'm about to go to the movies. What men want. Oh, my God. No, that's horrible. Alright. What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brothers Podcast. Please give a round of applause for yourselves. Cause in a world full of haters, you can only be greater. It is your boy Steven City P. Watson. As always, back online with my partner in crime. Dante Chase Bridges, aka Dante Chase Bridges. And together that would make us the brothers. And here we are on another beautiful Thursday evening. What's going on with y'all out there? How y'all feeling? It's beautiful out here. Yes, spring is here, ladies and gentlemen. I am so happy because the birds were chirping out here. The weather was a little warmer than usual because we've been out there in the cold all this time. But yes, it's finally breaking through. What are we talking about today, bro? We're talking about something real interesting that's been gripping the social media world again. Yes, it's it always something gripping the social media world. And we'll let you know in a minute, because it's already on the topic, you should know. It's the double standard argument. Yes. Cardi B. But first, we got a little something we got called Town, Town Hall, Hall Business. Business. Mr. Bridges, what you got? Shout out to all our affiliates. Shout out to WIAN Radio in Memphis, Tennessee. Shout out to an affiliate that just picked us up. Shout out to Scene Chicago, where you oh. can look at all of our content from the brothers. Go and check that out. Shout out to iHeartRadio. Shout out to iTunes. And shout out to all the podcast engines. Because you can check us out on pretty much anything right now. Mm-hmm. What you got, City? I got a few special shout outs I make. I got a shout out our residential DJ, JMC, who celebrated his 23rd birthday yesterday. Happy right, birthday, right, right, JMC. Right, 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 right. We also want to shout out a special plug, young lady. Shouted us out earlier this week, Miss Sky Miller. Be sure to check out Sky Miller. She has her own radio show on 91.3. The plug. The plug. It's going available, I think, from 5 to 6. Be sure to shout her out, Sky. We love you, baby girl. Also, let's shout out our, of course, our brothers in the uh, the Brothers Podcast. Ryan Watkins, where I have my mama's table. We also want to shout out Reggie Price, where I could be wrong, but I doubt it. Those podcasts joining the Brett, the Brothers Banner. And of course, we shout out our viewers who are tuning in right now. Evo's checking in. Miss Keisha Hudson Cat checking in. What's up, y'all? Um, that's really what we got. I think that's it right there. All right, before we get in, let's do something else that we call what's really good out here. What's going on out here, people? So, did you hear that Mr. Smollett got out? The charges got dropped against him. Now, I remember we had a little bit of a topic about him, but you remember Justice Smollett got the charges dropped over and the Chicago police and the mayor were not happy. I, you know what? That's That's damn near impossible to do. Man, <laughs> for what he got charged and the time he was looking for, the fact that the charges got dropped like that. This nigga's a musician. I mean a magician. Well, he's a, he's musician, a musician too because he played the shit out of Chicago, didn't 
or that he had <laughs> one really deep pocketbook, okay? Because that's the only way I'm looking at it is how he got out got out of this one because he paid. I would say he did something to Corey Holcomb said. Uh, he, <laughs> he said what? He said, he said that uh, Jesse Smollett part of the DSMA. What the hell is that? Dick sucking mob of America and he was granted. Oh, wow. That's so mean. That's he was so granted clarency. To, Man. To be able to. Like that dude from a... Uh, <laughs> From the uh, Sky Festival, whatever it is, the, the oh, dudes. Uh, you ain't see that? Bit? Did you ever see that documentary? Nah, I ain't see it. No, yeah, the dude and Ja Rule's, you know, promotion thing. They were trying to do that festival, and that one dude was a promoter who was gay. Oh yeah, I remember, that. That. I remember that. I remember that. He said he was going to suck dick for water. <laughs> wow, that's so mean. I'm sorry. I said that was some real shit he was ready to do. But look, Jesse did, <laughs> did some real shit to get himself out of jail, out of that jam. Right, right. And I, you know, I think real quick, I really think it's kind of ironic that the Chicago police and the mayor, Rahm Emanuel, currently is a little bit upset over the fact that they gathered all that evidence and still found a way. And still, Justice Malay still got the charges dropped against them. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody sorry for Chicago. And like, I was sitting there like, well, ain't that y'all got a lot of damn nerve to be mad, huh? Mm-hmm. Now I remember what we. Well, we I said about Jesse, and I still believe he's lying. Of course, he's lying. I mean, look, everybody believe that he lying. Everybody believe that he lying, but at the same time, look, can you get mad? He got out. Mm-hmm. He used the corrupted system of Cook County to his advantage at this point. He did what white people in this white justice system been doing for years and years, decades and decades. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear none of you black people talking about well, this is injustice. No, this is America. It's America. <laughs> That's our system. Don't catch you slipping, girl. That's what everybody can anybody can buy themselves out of anything apparently mm-hmm. no matter what it is. Uh-huh. Um, did y'all also real quick? Did you know that about the uh, what's that that little college scandal that we forgot? To oh that yeah, actually. man! When they had the the uh, upper echelon yeah. white families that was buying their way into college yeah. by saying, "Listen, man, forget all that SAT, ACT stuff, man. Uh-huh. Go ahead and give me the score." Let my baby get in there. He ain't played no sports. Put him on the sport team. Let him get in Stanford. Stop Man. all the bullshit. Makes you wonder really how hard it really is to try to get into one of these top-level colleges. It, it don't make me wonder nothing because I already know from the beginning. If you got the money to pay yourself yep. in, then that is your yep. friend, my nigga. They don't care about... We We the ones that care about good grades, struggling for success. They buy their success. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. That's how it's been. You know, it's ironic because there was a gentleman who I talked to about like 10 years ago. And when I first left school, I was at Sainz area and I left Sainz area. Right. And and I was talking about, so he was asking why I want to go back. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know about it. College wasn't really for me no more. And they was like, uh, well, you know what's funny about that is? It's like, if you want to go back, it's okay. Because guess what? Money talks. True. It don't even matter. It don't matter what you got your grades you have. It don't matter what kind of uh, education background you come from. If you got enough money to buy yourself back in, universities will listen to you if you got a pocketbook. But the thing is that we don't have the money to be no, buying ourselves into college and buying degrees that we're not going to make no goddamn money on. And half of us is not going to even go in the area that we specialized in. So we ain't got that money to spend. You so know that, what I'm And that will put us into having these high-ass SAT scores. We got to get the letter of recommendations. We have to go to a good high school. We have to go to a Look, good college prep. I'm going to tell y'all a quick Man. story. When I was in medical school, because I went to medical uh-huh. school in Dallas, it was a group of black people. It was about eight of us. And we would study from 7 o'clock 
in the morning to about 7 o'clock at night, man. We would do this every day, Monday through Sunday. And again, we did this every fucking day. We was getting about 79s, 81s on test scores. Some people was failing. Do you know that there were clusters of groups of white people that had already had connections in the medical school mm. that were literally getting the test and they weren't studying out of books. They were studying out of the actual test that they were getting mm-hmm. from the professors. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they would go in and we would study our asses off and get 71s and barely pass. They was not even studying one hour for studying the test. And they was getting 95s, 98s, 97s and laughing at our black asses. And it's, probably don't remember half the day you was studying. Don't remember a damn thing. That's why I say, man, when you uh, be going to these doctors, man, I know, man, half these doctors is dumb as hell. Yeah. <laughs> they, they know what they know. Or whatever the hell yeah. they get. That should make you wonder who you really going to see to get your checkup. I know who you're going to see. You're going, you're going to see a D-minus student. You're going to see uh, George Bush, okay? That's yeah. who you're going to see as a doctor. You know how George Bush was dumb as hell, but he became the president? Yeah. Well, that's who you're going to see when you go see a doctor. Basically, <laughs> C minus to D minus student. If he ain't a foreign doctor that had to struggle his way and actually learn to get into medical school, mm-hmm. and he was like an upper echelon uh, white society type of person, nine times out of ten, he cheated his way in. I've seen it firsthand. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, I've been doing all this work for nothing? And these niggas got the test? <laughs> Everybody almost just everybody so just mean, they, dropping. Basically, out. you get don't trust a doctor unless they like Indian or something. Don't trust a doctor if they ain't foreign. If they, if they ain't, ain't foreign, if like they're Indian or an Asian or if the doctor ain't black or foreign, and this is coming from a person that was in medical school, and I know this, do not trust that doctor. No, because they were cheating. They were nine times out of ten on cocaine or some form of Adderall, a soft form of crystal meth. <laughs> the, <laughs> no, dead ass here. All was, the drugs. In the world. They were snorting. Cocaine uh-huh. in the classroom. They were on all the drugs. They was on all types of drugs to get to uh, medical school. Mm-hmm. So if they ain't black and if they ain't foreign, don't trust them because those are the only people that had to fight their way through and actually learn. And don't trust them with some damn drug that you may have never heard of that they manufactured to say that's gonna help you feel better either. Yeah. Apparently that shit don't really work. It only makes things worse. Oh yes, it does. You become an addict after that point. Yeah. But. Let's get to the topic of today, which is which is appropriate because what was good out here actually correlates with this one little situation going on right now, which is Cardi B. Cardi B. So, in case y'all have been living under a rock on social media for last week, Cardi B went on a bit of a rant this last, I think it came on Sunday. There was a video that dropped from Cardi B's Instagram where she went on a rant and just was about why people criticizing her and and she was upset about the criticism and I really thought that she was kind of like unraveling. She was unraveling. She was because I think the pressure of being critiqued is causing her to unravel. Yeah. But in the course of unraveling, you have to be able to watch what you say when you say on social <laughs> media. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for Cardi B, that's not the case because you know one of her biggest gimmicks is that she is that's transparency. She's just an open book. You tell, ask her anything, she'll talk to you about anything, and that so on and so forth. Yes. So apparently, she decided to drop a little interesting tidbit when she told everybody that how her struggle growing up as a stripper in, in the Bronx was, and then the fact that I had to drug men in order to rob them when they tried to have sex with me. Yes, that was... So, 
That was devastating. Yeah. And man, was that <laughs> did that ripped the whole internet apart this week because they were sitting there like, you saw the man out there was like, yo, that's the double standard. What what what? Like, oh y'all getting mad about oh Kelly or Bill Cosby, but you can't get mad about Cardi B. And then the women coming in there that some women agree with that. And then there was men and women out there that was like, oh man, that was back in the hood and back in the day, that's how it always been. And women was like, Y'all just mad because, you know. Men have been getting away from it with years when I can't women do it. Like it's 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 been a clusterfuck basically mm-hmm. this week. And it's interesting because I think we got to the point where it's really kind of not really serious. It's not really there's no genuine concern about this. And that's something we call it's like something that we call fake outrage. Mm-hmm. So just for the consensus of the people out there, what is it? What is fake outrage? You know what? I think fake outrage what is it, man. First of all, I think it's agenda driven mm-hmm. because a lot of times people will choose and select what they want to get mad about if it makes their life better. Mm-hmm. Let's say um, if you don't get mad about the fact that black men are getting killed in America at an alarming rate where they can become basically extinct, mm-hmm. but you get mad about the fact that one African-American man uh, was charged with being with a 15 year old and feel like black men are heinous, are devils as a whole, I would consider that fake outrage because you're only getting mad about something that you feel like you have some credency to because maybe you've probably been through it or maybe you're a feminist and it's part of your agenda. Mm. Feel what I'm saying? Look at me. So uh, it just has to deal with how personally does it hit you. But at the end of the day, it's still kind of bullshit because wrong is wrong and right is right and to pick and choose and to try to demonize somebody because they did one thing but when you can see clearly drugging people and raping people or drugging people and robbing people is wrong but you're falling on that double standard you don't see where your your, you don't see where your logic is a little flawed Mm-hmm. You don't see where you kind of go wrong in a sense. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it, man. I feel like it should be more than common sense to understand whether or not this was right or was wrong. Now let's let's unpack this a little bit. What Cardi B said. Let's be real. We are fully aware that the morality of this, that this was wrong should be an argument, right? Mm-hmm. But let's also be aware of the fact that, yes, this is certainly not an abnormal thing that we have heard of before. If you grew up in the hood and you dealt with strippers in the streets, this is something that's not exactly unique. This is not something that's out of the norm. This is actually pretty much a thing you probably heard often. You know, a man paying a stripper for sex and they get hemmed up because, you know, Maybe that's not the one they wanted to hook up with. But at the same time, the stripper might offer their services to you and they still hem you up. You know, the shit like that happens. I think what the real twist is there is that there are men out there who feel like it's really a bogus thing that's happening to them because like, yo, we we paying for your services. And they get in the same. (laughs) And we can't even get what we want. But at the same time, it's like you also kind of wonder, it's like, why did you have to want to pay for a woman's stripper services? Okay, because people out here need need booty sometimes. Everybody needs booty, and that's understandable. Like, everybody needs booty. Some need it more than others. Apparently, you got to pay that much or whatever the hell the amount was. You know, you tricked off $100 to go smash a stripper. You probably needed it that badly. 
But it's kind of interesting because, you know, that also brings up the idea about what sex workers have to go through to get paid. They have to literally put their bodies and their lives on the line. Okay, wait, stop. Well, I'm going I'm going both sides. I'm going both sides. I'm really arguing. I'm going both sides. We, we, we will not talk about a stripper like she's a fireman now. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. All right, man. Bear with me, bear me for a second. Bear with me for a second. I, we 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 under the under this idea and this understanding that strippers or sex workers are putting their lives against their own lives and their own bodies on the line to try to make ends meet using their own your bodies subjectively like that. Okay. However, okay. Here's the text <laughs> about this. That is still a decision that you made on your own. If you're a sex worker, that's a decision you made. I'm sorry, but no one advised you to go out there and decide you wanted to be a stripper. Well, nobody decides that you want to go out to be a prostitute. No one asked to go out to be a sex worker. I understand there's a whole system behind that shit where you can end up being on the street like that, hoeing out there for whatever reason or maybe. I understand that. We know. We live in Chicago. We understand that. You ever been on 71st and Halston? You ever <laughs> been on the West, West Side? It's rampant. <laughs> Especially yep, 71st Austin. Madison and Pulaski. Man, <laughs> it is still going on out here. Mm-hmm. Well, how you think R. Kelly getting through what he get through, man? That motherfucker's a pimp. To be told, R. Kelly is a pimp. I'm sorry. Not as far as, you know, he macking and all that shit. No, R. Kelly's a pimp because that's what he's doing to these hoes out there. These women out there. <laughs> okay. That's the cracks. Listen, I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> but anyway, back to what I was saying. You know what I meant, people. Come on. I'm, I'm not trying to be like that. Freudian slip. This. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, the point is, is that this is the decision that a woman like, I guess you say Cardi B, made on her own, on own dime. She made this decision. She made the decision that instead of trying to sell her body for sex, which is mostly what most strippers do, she decided that if she didn't want to fuck this stripper or fuck this John who turned out might be a drug dealer from a famous businessman or something like that, you know, let's slip something in this drink, let him knock out, have our way, do whatever we got to do to get the money off of them and then dip. Which is ironic because that's really kind of dangerous because, you know, if he's drugged, what else else could you have done to that person? Okay, let's get to the nitty gritty because you know we giving the bits and pieces of you know like exactly what happened. But mm-hmm. there is there is some science behind this shit. You know, there's some real talk behind what Cardi B did in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the bigger things is we always get in this discussion of double standards as far as with men and women. A lot of times men feel that there is a double standard that they can't do the certain things that women can do. And women feel it's a double standard because they can do the certain things that men can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Cardi B uh, basically admitting the fact that she was a sex worker that drugged men and robbed them. And admitting the fact that what she would do for her cheating man by tricking him into sleeping with another man. You know, those types of things compared to R. Kelly and Bill Cosby. We understand this. But... I really want to have real talk about the situation because I feel that we can really get to a level of true understanding. What I would truly say about this whole thing is, especially with the Cardi B situation is, you need to understand, forget a double standard. It is what it is. One thing, it's almost as if we're resistant to the fact that women can do certain things that men can't do. And you want to know why women can get away with it? 
Right. Oh, you want to know the reason why women can do these things? It's because a man is the responsible, accountable person or species among men and women. Men cannot not be accountable in situations that women can. So when you're dealing with a person that has to own up to the shit that happens to him, mm-hmm. he doesn't have the luxury of being able to hide when he has done some dysfunctional things that could cause his family grief or could cause some jail time. Because knowing you as a black man, they're going to come after your ass one way or the other. And if you do some things that they don't see as status quo, they have a reason to come after you as a black man. But they're not coming after black women like that. And one thing we do is we get mad at the black woman. Well, why don't they look at you? First of all, Cardi B is not black, but right. let's just Well, Afro Latino. Yeah. But they get mad at the black women as black men. Mm-hmm. You can't get mad at the black women no more because the fact that you don't understand that the double standard just means that you have more responsibility than your woman. Or you, as a black man, have more responsibility and should have more discipline than that woman. You can't get mad about that. That just means that you need to understand that we ain't the same. I hate to say this, females, because it's going to make me seem like a misogynist, but we are not equals. And the reason why you can see we're not equals is because what happens to us when we do the same things are not equal. Carter B just talked about drugging niggas. That is a crime in 50 states. Bill Cosby is serving damn near 10-year sentence because of that same crime. Mm-hmm. Because it was sexuality in Cardi's and the sexuality in Bill's. It's the same damn crime. But understand, man, you have more responsibility than that woman does. She gonna get away with the shit. It's okay. Stop bitching about it. Become a more of a man and understand you have a responsibility for yourself because you're the one that's supposed to be taking care of the woman and the children to begin with. One of the reasons why it's a double standard or you keep thinking it's a double standard is because you forgot your rightful position in your family or in your community. You are responsibility. You are accountability. That's all I have to say about that. So let's do a little pushback on that one a little bit. Now, understandably so, could this also be derived from what I guess is one of the big feminist argument that's been made because there's a bit of a patriarchal system that's kind of allotted men this mindset so to speak, that men can't possibly be victims of crimes like this. So when something like a Cardi B situation kind of happens, and it, well, a Cardi B situation happens, and he, she's out there drugging and robbing men, and God knows what else, we don't know, she didn't elaborate nothing else other than drugging and robbing men, could it also be a system that, uh, some, as this system is built on, the, I guess, the patriarchy, that men have a bit of a hard time accepting the fact that they can be victims of things like this. Let me ask you a question. If you were uh, walking down the street and a girl came and punched you in your face, right? Mm -hmm. Walked off. Would you consider yourself a victim? Not really. If you were walking down the street and you decided you was about to punch the shit out of a woman, do you think that woman would consider herself a victim? Absolutely. So why do you think that one would consider themselves a victim and the other one wouldn't? And y'all did the same thing. <laughs> because we as men are not thinking that woman can be in the same level to hurt us. Because I'm bigger than you, okay? That's, I'm stronger that's, that's, that's than the you. reality. We're when, not equals. So. Men, men, the system is built as far as on men's 
account that no woman can do the same thing that a man can. We have built in the system that no way that in the sort of the same levels of crimes and felonies is that men can't be punished the same way as women can be punished. Y'all ever heard of, um, you know, uh, what is that saying? Um, where great gifts come, great responsibilities. Wait, that's the Spider-Man quote. Yeah, I think Kanye With great said power, that Great power comes great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibilities. As a man, as a man, literally, that you were born, you were born with more testosterone, more muscle, more power, more strength, more physicality than your female. That is a gift that you've been given by God, okay? So with that gift and that power that you've been given, you've also been given a responsibility that you have to protect that power within yourself, but also protect the women and the men. I mean, women and the children. So... When a man says, why ain't I a victim of a situation with a woman doing the same thing to me? Mm-hmm. It's because you all have been allotted different responsibilities mm-hmm. in life. And I'm not talking about uh, responsibilities like you're working at a job. I'm talking about esoteric spiritual responsibilities that a man has given because he is who he is and a woman is given because who she is who she is. So when you think about a Cardi B, Yes, to drug somebody is a crime. Yeah, okay. But we're not talking about legality. When we look at Cardi B and when we look at Bill Cosby and we look at it through filter perspective lenses, we see one man that basically, because I keep saying responsible, but it's more about that man... He can control the situation much more than that woman can on a physical standpoint. He has more, he just, he controls the setting. He controls the ground. That woman is basically, and not to say that you're weak, but when you get to reality of double standards, it's because you are born with a feminine energy. And masculinity means that you have to protect as well as be responsible, as well as be accountable. And that's why a lot of men can't cry victim because they got a responsibility to protect and to be accountable. So that means that that power that you be given, you got to take on the responsibility of knowing that I have to look out for what they do as well as what I do myself. So what it brings up the interest and the point that I was going to make about feminism and why there's such a battle for equality because the truth be told, and what he just explained it was, that's something that y'all really don't want, in essence. It's not about equality. Y'all want equal rights and equal opportunities and equal treatment. It's not, I don't know if that's something that you exactly want. Because that will also equal copes with equal burdens, yeah. equal punishments, equal criticism. And I don't know if that's something that women really want or ask for. So that's why the argument has come up where the idea of feminism fighting for more preferential treatment than anything else Mm -hmm. so but that also brings up the point as like what you said before that men are naturally physically are naturally physically more stronger than women so it also kind of brings the question of what do women use to sort of circumvent that and let's be realistic y'all have feminine wiles since men are more physically controlled situation Women have a tendency to try to want to control the situation more emotionally. Because that's their responsibility. That's their power. Yeah, their power is that they can get a man to do almost anything that they want them to do 
without doing a lot, any, doing anything physically. Our responsibility and our power is our physicalness. Your power and your responsibility is your emotional intuitiveness. Yes. And our power and responsibility is we don't use our physicalness to overpower you. And your responsibility is you don't use your emotional intuitiveness to emotionally manipulate us. Right. You see how we all got powers? We all got responsibilities? Yeah. Basically using feminine wiles to get what they want. That's what that's what it is. Which is really an interesting question because it also makes us dive into the next question that we have is that, and I'm gonna ask you, Miss My Brother, do you think if men had more sexual discipline in their lives, we'd be in the situations like this? Man, listen, and let's take this slow. Man, because that's a real question. If men, I'll just say men, I'm not even gonna talk about women. Uh If men had more sexual discipline, then I would say 75 to 80% of all the situations that you've been in life, whether it be high school, whether it be college, whether it be work-related, and definitely with relationships, Mm -hmm. you would not find yourself in a bad situation. You wouldn't. Because sexual energy basically rules more of your life than you think it does. From the decisions you make on can men and women be friends, to you actually being friends with women, to you actually getting along in a work, work environment, Right. To the fact of, do you know how wonderful marriage, do you know how wonderful being with your partner would be if a man had sexual discipline? Not even talking about the woman. Mm-hmm. Because now it will put the woman in a state of being comfortable, in a state of letting her guard down. Because she knows that her man, even if he might find somebody attractive, he has enough sexual discipline in order to say, well, I have one woman, and although I may have an urge to do something else. I have enough discipline to be with my, my one woman in my family. You know how that would affect multiple, multiple millions and millions of families yeah. across the world? The whole goddamn earth would just ship. Right. <laughs> if we had that. Yeah. It would ship. Yeah, it would. So let's, let's on top of that, topic, let's ask this one. This is for my fellows out there. Let's take a moment to be real with ourselves right here, right now. If you have a woman who is your friend, have you ever in your life thought about having sex with them at one point? Be honest. If in your mind that you say yes, then truth be told, then in some way you don't really truly believe this is a genuine friendship then. Because I got to ask the ladies for what he said. Do you feel that a man can be genuinely friends with you if that man wants to get with you in some type of sexual way? If he wants to do, if he wants to have sex with you, if he thinks about you sexually, if he daydreams about you, Mm. if he goes to sleep thinking about you, do you think that you can be a genuine friend? And I said, key word, genuine. Mm -hmm. Not that you know and you just plan them so that he can, you can string them along so he can do what you want him to Mm. or give you the attention you need. But can y'all genuinely be friends with each other? I'll take a, a little bit, expand on that question a little bit. Do you think she could be a genuine heterosexual friend? Because for the fact of the matter is, if he is a friend to you, and he has never once thought about making any type of sexual advances towards you, or at least thought about the idea of making a sexual advance with you, be honest with us, ladies. You would probably question his sexuality, wouldn't you? Yes. Be real. 
that would be a devastating hit to your ego if you were with a male friend and you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. This dude has never thought about you in no way sexual at all. Yes. Okay. It's different when you're with a uh, when you have a gay friend as a woman because you know he's not supposed to, so you can get the best of the masculinity, but knowing right. that he's not physically attracted to you, so you don't play that ego game mm-hmm. of well, I, why don't he look at me like that? Mm-hmm. But me, uh, Steve. Yeah. Being friends with you, yeah, and not ever, not one time, ever thought about you in no type of sexual way or wow. romantic way, or had a crush on you. I thought you were cute. We basically look at you like, uh, could you get out the way and let me look at this yeah. sexy woman right here, right. or let me holler at your friend? That's it. Yeah, like ugh, like you're ugh. Do you think that your ego can withstand that? I don't think that yeah, you go to stand that one damn bit. But you know what they gonna say it can. Yeah, I know it's they not. gonna say it can because because they gonna say I've been in a situation like that. No, you can't. Well, see, here's the reality of this. So here's the problem with that. I say you can't. The reason why I say that you can't is because you know in your mind that you need that type of sexual energy and attraction to get that man to deem you in the slightest validation from that man. Exactly. You need that man for something. So if a woman says, man, I don't think I'm attractive enough. I don't think this looks good on me. You use it every time when you ask a man, does this look good on me? Does this hair look good on me? Does my makeup look nice? Do you like these shoes? You use sexual energy to validate yourself almost every single thing. When I have been in a genuine friendship with a woman, and I mean a genuine friendship where I never looked at her in no type of way of sexual or no relationship, romantic Mm -hmm. or nothing, I could literally feel her yearning for me to validate her in the sense of you're attractive. I, why don't you want to see me in a sexual way? Do you know how it feels? And not just men, this not just women, this is just a human thing. If you're friends with someone of the opposite sex and they like everybody around you, mm-hmm. everybody is fine, everybody is sexual, everybody is attractive, except for you. You're <laughs> you the only one that they don't find in no type of romantic way. Right. They look at you like you could, you, you're you basically asexual. Do you know how kind of devastating that is to an ego? And even if it's not devastating, do you know how curious the mind to get of, why don't you look at me in that way? Wow, I just had a thought about that right now. Mm. Could that also be the reason why men feel a way about the friend zone? There you go. Honestly, oh, I, I'm a, I'm see, a, there you go. Now you're starting to understand. I'm gonna keep it a buck. This is one of the realest uh, brothers that we've ever yeah. had. Yeah. So what we about to do? We about to talk like we just be talking <laughs> in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> that is honestly one of the biggest reasons why men don't like the friend zone, or no. just in general, because it's it's so easy to say ego, yeah. like ego, just ego. No, it is the ego. But let's just break down what that means. That means that. What is physically wrong with me exactly. as a man that this woman mm-hmm. don't find me appealing in any type of way? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're being real with yourself, it don't, it don't matter how evolved you is. I consider myself a very evolved man, mm-hmm. both knowledge, wisdom. But I do know that if I'm around a woman and she's my friend, but I know she doesn't find me attractive in no type of way, it does poke at the strings or poke at the insecurity yeah. strings of what is wrong with me. Yeah. 
that you don't even see me in no type of way being romantically attractive. Right. Now, it doesn't mean that I want to be with you, but it, it's one of those things where it pokes at that inner, inner innocent insecurity that everyone possesses. Because it would make you think that if she believes that, then that means other women would probably think the same way, and that will mess with your mind because at the end of the day, you're like, your goal is to make yourself as appealing to women as much as possible so you can find that mate. Your sexual energy, your testosterone depends on that. Yes, yes, yes. And if that woman comes in and says, ah, I just don't find you appealing enough to that Maddie too, you would, that's a hit to your testosterone, that's a hit to your ego, and yeah. that's what we need. To I, got a loop. I got a loop in this. Okay. Let's put it on women now. Let's flip it over. Let's roll reverse this. Mm. Now, I honestly feel that women actually have bigger egos than men. Yeah. Because our egos is just what they're supposed to do. Our egos is mainstream, mm -hmm. but your egos is taboo. And yeah. we all know anything that's taboo, it, it kind of increases. The, the tension of it yeah. increases. So I believe that if a woman truly knew that a man never looked at her in any type of way, like they're appealing or attractive, I truly feel that they'll psychologically start messing with you. I yeah. really do. Because I think as a woman, I think, well, for women out there, you have to allot yourself that if there's no man that's attracted to you in that magnitude, you really don't feel like you can't get what you need out of any man. Mm -hmm. And that is going to not only hurt you uh, emotionally, but might hurt you in like the bigger picture, maybe financially, maybe yes. physically, because at the end of the day, you are going to need a man to do certain things. That's why I kind of, that's how you kind of, kind of cringe at that independent woman mindset. I can do bad all by myself. I don't need no man like that. In essence, you kind of do. I'm gonna say something to you, you that sounds real stupid. One of our friends uh, posted this a while ago, and um, this is one of the dumbest things that I ever heard. What's that? I'm an independent, strong black man, and I don't need no woman. Oh yeah, I remember that one. I want. I'm gonna say that one more time. I'm an independent, strong black man, and I don't need no woman. Do you understand how dumb that sounds? <laughs> that if that dumb. sounds dumb from a man saying that, now imagine what men are thinking when they hear a woman say that. I'm an independent woman that don't need no man. It it, it just doesn't. Make it doesn't sense. make any sense. Because if you like really break it down from a, a real perspective, first of all, you mm. might not need a man, but masculinity is backing you up in some type of way. Yes, it the, is. The the job you work probably has a masculine figure that owns it that gives you a paycheck. Mm -hmm. If you get in trouble, law enforcement is considered to be a masculine object. So you need masculinity whether you say you independent or not. So let's stop saying you don't need no man. No. You don't need a man at that point to be in a romantic relationship. You, said, you made a point that I just realized. Something. But you need masculinity at all times. Hold on, wait a minute. Well, that's, if law enforcement sort of like masculinity, wouldn't that make the judicial system femininity? Break that down for me. Because in the West, it's law enforcement is designed to control the area, secure the secure the suspect, Probably and lock them up. The judicial system is designed to persuade a jury, whether a jury or the judge, in order to get further sentencing right. on that person. For law enforcement built on masculinity, masculinity is built on the battle that we have to be physically strong. Right. Under the judicial system where you have to be able to prosecute somebody and lock them up as more as trying to convince and coerce them. Using feminine wiles to coerce and find a way to get these people on your side. So you saying that law enforcement is masculine uh -huh. 
and the judicial system is feminine. This is just a thought that just popped in my head. Now, if I'm right, I'm right, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I just throwing that out there, but that could be something to think about. I mess with. I think you have to kind of think about that. That's like it's a new perspective that you never really thought of. Could the judicial system be built on femininity? But you need that though, man, because you need a balance. So I I can go along with that, man. Yeah, you kind of do need that balance. It's something that I never really thought about until just now. I'm throwing in on the uh, astrological side of the game. Mm. The justice system is considered to be Libra. Mm. Libra is the scales of justice, and that's Mm -hmm. a woman. So. It could be. Right. Legally, you need the man to enforce the laws, mm-hmm. and then you need the feminine energy to make the laws oh. and make the decisions on the laws. So, at the end of the day, to say that you don't need a man or a woman, a man to say he don't need a woman, you need both because yeah. a judicial system can't be nothing without nobody to enforce the laws. Oh. If you don't, if you have a judicial system with all these laws, you're going to need a military to enforce it. If you have a state congress with all these laws, then you're going to need state troopers and police to enforce it. Yeah. So for you to always say that you don't need something... It's so damn stupid because that's not how the earth, that's not how life works, that's not how men work, that's not how women work. So that let's just <laughs> with the socks. Too. With the sock. With the sock. <laughs> let's just kick that shit all the way out. Yeah. Let's just stop there. And honestly, the, I think how this all correlates to Cardi B yeah. and you know fake outrage is because. You got to understand, we got to break this myth of double standards. I think double standard got such a negative connotation now that we don't understand that it's not double standard. Mm-hmm. It's just that one person can do something that the other person, person can't. Can. That's it. That's that's all it is. It's kind of going with cheating, which I, you know, I ain't saying I'm for cheating. Yeah. But... You're you're a man, okay? Yeah, we hope not. That would lose a lot of our female demographic. Yeah, that would lose a lot of our female <laughs> demographic. But a lot of times you got to break things down on a logical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and to be quite honest with you, you can understand something and not be down with it. Right. Like, me personally, I don't want to cheat because I, I done told my girl this. I'm too damn arrogant to cheat now. If I got to lie to you, right. I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't, I'm too old to lie to a woman you about what I You should be at some point. I mean, at some point, you just yeah. kind of be like, look, honey, for the betterment of our relationship long term, you might just have to let me do this. Right. So, and, and it's, 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 it's something that we. But we ain't even going to get on we're that. Get on that. That's a whole different subject. Yeah, that's a whole different subject. But, <laughs> oh, man, that'd be a whole different subject. We got to kill, and I'm speaking to my ladies and uh, a couple of my females. I'm talking about my men. Yeah. Uh, we got to kill this whole equality shit. Okay, we have to just throw this out the window in Lake Michigan or whatever lake you live near because we are not equals. We're just not equals. I don't want my equal. You know what my equal is? It's another man. Right. <laughs> it's a six foot, 230 pound man. But I don't also, want to be with my equal. And that sucks because that's what we're kind of in the culture nowadays because now the culture is trying to blur that lines of gender of gender fluidity right which is trying to create that balance of equality between men and women and you know the thing is these systems these government systems they study that they know damn well that if you create equality and gender fluidity and you're creating two people that are basically equals Mm -hmm. then it creates chaos because one thing you got to understand if you are equal to another person can two equals complement each other you're just equal no you know what two equals can do? Combative. Compete. Compete. 
That's all equals do. Yeah. And what do we find that black men and black women are doing now? We're not complimenting each other no more. We're just we're just competing against each other right. now. We're competing for jobs. We're competing for who's gonna wear the the, the pants yeah. in the house. Social status, we're comp- structure, everything. And that's what happened when you have men trying to be uh what well, women trying to be more like men and men actually becoming more like women because yeah. it's a certain amount of bitch assness that's going on in our men. Yeah. But at the same time, let's not look at this as being personal. That's why I don't take the double standard <laughs> thing personal. Right. Because this government, this system is creating men to be bitch assness by putting certain things on TV, by putting certain things in our food, changing our goddamn genetic makeup. You know that study in UC Berkeley? Where they uh, that atrazine that they put in most of the food in in the United States mm-hmm. that literally is turning animals from male to female and turning your sexuality from hetero to homosexuality and they tested this and this shit was happening and they put it in most of our foods. So we tend to get take it personal when we have these men being bitch assness and we have the females that's becoming more masculine. But they are designing this because they know that's going to make us compete and not come together and build as a system. Well, I don't have that much information on that, so that's more on your department. Well, you know, that's what I'm doing I, around I, that's here, man. Right? Um, hey, he said, I, I, mean, I don't know what to say about that one. Yeah. That's that there. Look it up. You know uh, what they do? Oh, yeah. Warrior mode. <laughs> Look, on, but as up. far as the double standard, because like we just touched on it, the double standard when it comes to men and women, when it comes to things like crime. Crimes like this. Drugging people. First of all, drugging those. What Cardi B admitted to doing was, I think, what two or three separate felonies. Yep. Drugging people. It's a felony. Robbery. That's a felony. Uh, sexual coercion would be prostitution. That's technically legally is a felony. Right. So that's three felonies right there. Now, based on the standard of what, let's say, for someone like Bill Cosby, because that's the one that's most similar to being related to her. Same thing. Drugging women, that's a felony. Rape, that's a felony. Uh, that's pretty much, I think that's all, that's basically what it is in, in essence. Um, the double standard is quite real because you've seen it in your argument on social media nowadays every day. Because you don't understand about whether or not... It's not that we're not having an argument about whether or not it's right or wrong. We know what Cardi's doing is wrong. It's just the fact that I think as men have an inability to accept the reality that this is kind of the way how we constructed this world, that we do not believe a woman is capable of this type of thing. And when the fact of, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm being real, and the fact that a woman can do that to us Right. It's not something that's common. It fucks with our egos. It's taboo. It's, it's not- taboo because it's gonna fuck with our egos when that happens. So this more can we say that this more so this outrage for men is more so more of an ego-driven thing? Yes. So that's kind of what in essence what it is. It's ego-driven. Men don't feel like this could possibly happen to us. Because unfortunately, we've, there's been a great systemic history of men doing it to women. And even if it did happen, we like, why the hell was I looking out for that? How I let that happen? I'm better than that. I can protect that. I'm supposed to be a protector. How the hell I need protection? See, and you're blame. You're not blaming her. You're blaming yourself. yourself. 
Because if it's the other way around, a man is a woman, she's going to blame you. And just to be, you know, keep it real, yeah. keep it a little legal with this. The spirit of the law was literally meant to protect women. Okay. Yeah. That's what the spirit of the law was. Right. And with a lot of these laws that we talk about, especially the ones with Cardi B, the drugging and the raping, it wasn't to protect men. Mm -hmm. I'm literally because this is a patriarchal society. Right. The spirit of the law was made to protect women. So a lot of times that 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 angst, that impasse that men get at the fact that uh, I know this is wrong, I know this is illegal for her to do, but I can't let I, uh, she did this, but I can't press charges because this ain't. It's because you understand in your soul the spirit of the law. You understand that this world is supposedly supposed to be to protect women, not to prosecute them. So, and something that man responsibility is telling you, man, I don't want to put down a woman because that make me a bitch nigga. Right. I need to be protecting a woman. So you get in this impasse in your mind and be like, even though I was wrong, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't do that because that makes me look like less of a man. And then it's this thing called accountability because we men, we got to take accountability for our actions. If you was in the strip club making it rain, told Cardi B to come back to your crib, you was going to pay her for sex. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to take care of that responsibility that you had a wife or a girlfriend and you was asking another woman for sex for payment. Mm -hmm. That's accountability right there. Right. So you got to take that. So the interesting thing about this is that when we have this whole argument about double standards, let's say, for instance, between Bill Cosby and Cardi B, Bill Cosby, because of what you said, the law was designed to govern what men do. Basically, a lot of societies were designed to govern what men do. That's the spirit of the law. The spirit of the it's law is to, to protect women. So there has to be, I guess, in a way, you have to have come to an understanding that if a man is being accused of things like this, there has to be a level of, pro of investigation that's to take place. There has to be prosecution done under the letter of the law. Now, we have to come to an understanding that women may feel like, well, if this guy gets off of doing this, oh, that's wrong. But see, the thing the law is designed to, prop, to you know, but see, this, this is why I kind of disagree with you on this one. Not yeah, all right. the way, but just a little bit. Because like I said, the spirit of the law is to protect the woman. And men have been given the responsibility of enforcing laws and being masculine enough to protect themselves and protect the women. So if that's the spirit of the law, just in general, a man has to be a, have more responsibility towards his actions and protect himself as well as the woman. And this is my example. When you get in a situation when you might be getting in a rift with a woman, let's say you're a Greek town and a woman start arguing with you. Mm -hmm. In the back of your mind, this woman could be clapping in your face like this, saying, shut up, nigga, fuck you, you yada out of this. Yeah. But in the back of your mind, the reason why you're not going to hit her is because you know that you have to be responsible for not only your protection, mm -hmm. but you got to be responsible for her protection. Because even though she is doing this, mm -hmm. you know why. You know that you... <laughs> you know you what I've seen. Yes. You see yes. what I'm seeing. Uh, yes. Okay. Let me get back to this. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know that you have to be responsible for not only your actions, but the actions of their female. That's why men don't just haul off, or most men, some but not all, yeah. don't just haul off and hit women when they disrespect them. Mm -hmm. Because as a man, you have to be responsible for the actions, actions. as a whole yeah. and not just your actions. That's why you can say that women get away with more stuff, but I think the shit that we can get away with as men kind of balances out, you know, a little yeah. bit of the, 
you know, women being able to get away with stuff like Cardi B does. Because as a man, come on, like, be honest. Like, it's... <laughs> now, the thing is... We don't it, it, that, that, this is in a societal standpoint. But if you want to have a morality argument... Now, let's be real. If you want to have a morality argument, then that's a whole other discussion about this situation. Because morality-wise, is that I, I don't think that's something that y'all want. Just not have a morality discussion about this. We know that the morality will be based entirely on the facts. For as much as y'all want to complain about it, morality basically would told you Cardi B deserved to get locked up. Right. And that's under the idea of equality. No, 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 no. Honestly, I think what you're saying is, I think that's the legality. The legality of it says that Cardi Well, I mean, Laura, Cardi okay, B, legality. Because she drugged and raped somebody, yeah. so that's technically a crime. Well, under the morality reasons, we know that's wrong. We know it's just wrong. No, that's all I'm trying to say, bro. And I'm not going against you, but like legally we know it's wrong because yeah. we know to drug somebody, but our moral and our like spiritual compass is saying, I'm deciphering that this is a woman, so we're not going to judge her on the same accord that we'll judge a man. That's moral. That's I don't I don't moral. I don't think that is moral because the thing is it's about morality, is that morality worth what is considered morality? The di- of knowing the difference between right or wrong, right? Yeah. It's based on that. So that's what I'm saying. Like, in the difference between right or wrong, you know that obviously drugging somebody is wrong. Right. Regardless of whether or not it's a man or a woman or if you're a man or a woman. You understand incapacitating somebody so you can have their way with them is wrong. Right. Against their will. Yeah. So that's what I'm mean by morality. That's what I'm saying. Morally, you know that's wrong. Okay. Okay, okay. that's what I'm saying. Okay. So... To kind of wrap up a little bit, it is a really big question that we talked touched on this like sexual discipline. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I gave my little emphasis on sexual discipline. You you never told us how you feel about it. How okay. do you feel with sexual? If we if men mm-hmm. and women mm-hmm. had sexual discipline, how do you think should? I think that would solve a good majority of our of the issues between men and women, especially black men and black women, since we were so combative with this. Mm-hmm. In this case, with Cardi B. A lot of this has to be with men because the men put themselves in situations where they lack sexual discipline. When they feel like they have to pay for sex. Yes. No, from a stripper who easily could fleece the shit out of their asses. And in some way because he couldn't control himself. Because here's the thing though. If a man would have been honest enough to say, no. I just don't find that interesting. Do you understand? And let's, let's think about this mindset for a second. If a situation like this with Cardi B, if a man ever said, nah, I'm not going to go do strippers. I'm not, I just don't do strippers. I'm sorry. And when a growing number of men had enough sexual discipline to say, I'm not going to pay for sex. Mm-hmm. Do you know how bad the sex worker market would drop? Significantly. Strippers would be <laughs> out of jobs like that. Prostitution would no longer exist. If, if if men practice sexual discipline, the Dow Jones and NASDAQ would go down by 58%. Wow. I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's a systemic that sexual discipline cannot be that abundant in men, apparently, nowadays. Because that's why, in a way, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's kind of how the world goes. Yes. That's how the world evolves. That's how the world is spitting. Because the world was actually built on sexual energy. Yeah. The sexual energy is actually called the Scorpio energies. Kundalini energy. You know, yeah. when we talk about astrology, that's actually what it is. Yeah. It's it's Scorpio energy. The world was built on that, especially America. So if we all practice to discipline that energy, especially men, 
then you wouldn't find yourself in these messed up situations. And to be honest, it's, uh, and let's be realistic here, lack of sexual energy is the reason why a Cardi B exists. A sexual discipline. discipline yeah. Lack of sexual discipline is the reason why people like Cardi B exist. Precisely. And why people like Cardi B are allowed to do the things that they do. Naturally. Because men don't discipline themselves enough in that department. Because, see, you thought we was going to blame women about Cardi B. No, 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 no. Because, like I said, man, what comes power comes great responsibility. And as men, you need to have enough discipline enough not to put yourself in that situation. Now, I will admit... Sexual discipline. I will admit that upon initially hearing this story that I was sitting there like, yo, she should be charged for that shit. I mean, come on. Y'all had the same energy for Bill Cosby. Keep that same energy for Cardi B. But at the same time, it's like, once you further dig into your mind and realizing that right you know a man didn't have to necessarily put themselves in a position to do that right they didn't have to and even if we're talking about bill cosby because i'm not gonna say that bill cosby didn't abduct the women and then drug them the women voluntarily came with bill cosby what we're saying women and i need y'all to repeat this game that we dropping women as men, we're taking enough responsibility to realize that mm-hmm. we're not going to put ourselves, we should not put ourselves in a bad situation, and we should be able to know what you should not be doing as well. Mm-hmm. So we need to be responsible for not only you, but for us as well. And that's the true definition of a leader right there. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we're coming from a perspective of... We're going to lead and we're going to be the leaders no matter how much responsibility we have to entail. No matter we have to take the accountability of the man and the woman. So, Cardi B, you know what it is. You know you ain't got no damn business doing that. Right. But at the same time, man, if you are in a situation where you are in strip club trying to get a woman to go back to the crib, there ain't no rules in the devil's playground. So you you can't cry when some shit don't work out. Okay. For lack of a better word, and I think this goes with a lot of the situations we talk about, you get what you paid for. And you got it. When you got it. Cardi B ain't that cute, man. I don't even understand y'all. <laughs> Cardi B is an acquired taste. She, she has an acquired <laughs> face. That's what she does. Taste. I mean, as a personality, I guess it's contagious. You know, she's very transparent with a lot of things. Yeah, contagious like a boat. But the thing is, transparency is that she can be afforded to because, you know, feminine energy allows her to be afforded that way. Right. So you gotta understand. Women are more open to be who they are nowadays in situations like that because they can be afforded to. But that's the only thing that I would say. Women, you have to be responsible because you know that you have a power of woe. You can persuade men to do a lot of things that they really wouldn't do if they right. weren't under your influence. So just like we have our physical responsibility, mm-hmm. you have to have the responsibility to know that you have the power to influence and persuade men. So if you start to use that for evil, I ain't got to prosecute you. Right. The law ain't got to prosecute you. Karma is going to come back and karma is a bitch and she yeah. like to get real nasty. Okay, yeah. so you're gonna pay your karmic debt, so you ain't gotta worry about nobody getting at you. No, AKA Cardi B, that's gonna happen. But in this world we live in, men, you gotta be masculine enough to understand both situations, mm-hmm. be able to look out for the woman as well as yourself and as well as uh, the children that's coming up. Yeah. So I'm sorry, you ain't gonna catch that double standard. What's wrong with you here? Right. Hey, dude, don't put yourself in bad situations. You gotta have enough gumption to know what she's about at this moment in her life and what you be need to be doing as the man and doing the right thing. Cause you a dude, you a man. 
And stop nuts. and have enough damn common sense to know that you don't have to get to sleep with every woman you need to meet. You don't have to. You can think about it. You can think about it. Because <laughs> coveting takes place in the mind. Yeah. You don't have to, okay? Get some damn control of yourself. Grab your nuts. Have some control of yourself. Damn. Let your sack drop, please. And with that being said, we are officially out of time. We'd like to thank everybody in here that has tuned us, tuned in with us this week on this episode of the Brothers Podcast. Be sure to check for us next week. We will see you then. Peace. Peace.